Hello and welcome to the Women's Football Podcast. It is so good to be back and talking to you today. My name is Chess Warren and we have a very special episode for us lined up. We're going to be talking about periods and how it affects sports people in women's football, looking at the different levels of the game from grassroots to pro and some of the pressures that players face because of it. And I am so excited to be able to introduce the guests that we have on today. Our guests are Martha from Fab Little Bag. Hello, Martha. Hello, lovely to be here. Thank you. Thank you for giving us your time. We have the writer, Catherine Emmett. Hello, Catherine. Hello, lovely to be here. Thank you. And we have Laura Howard, women's football contributor, journalist, and she dabbles in playing in her free time. Hello, Laura. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Not at all. All it is. I'm super excited for this podcast today. I think I would have really benefited from something uh, like this when I was a lot younger. So I'm really excited to be able to talk about it. We also have um, a contribution um, from a head teacher later talking about girls in sport. Back during the 2019 Women's World Cup, Megan Rapino tweeted, "We get periods. Whatever." might as well do everything that you can to maximise performance. Now, over the past few years, we've started to have a lot more open conversation about periods in football and specifically the effect that it has on players. And although periods are something a large percentage of the population experiences, there's quite a stark lack of research on the topic. So... This podcast is for everyone. We want to talk about the most basic stuff and some of the some of the more interesting things too. But we might as well start off at the very beginning. I know this sounds very basic, but there's lots of different people listening and it's great to get the baseline stuff out of the way. So Martha, talk to me. Periods, what are they and what effect can they have on people? Oh my goodness. Where do you even start with that? So on a biological level, they are the shedding of the lining of the uterus. That is what we refer to as the period. But actually that's just a part of the period because it's a menstrual cycle and that cycle is somewhere between 28 and 32 days depending. And really it's a hormonal cycle. And Now I am not a biologist, I'm not an expert in this field. Um, For that just hop on to the Well HQ and listen to what Um, their education has to say about uh, all the hormonal impact of periods but it's really important to understand it's not just five days a month or three days a month or seven days a month it is a cycle and the more we understand about the impact of that hormonal journey then the more we can prep ourselves because it's so individual like your period can be completely different from my period I could be completely pain-free and bleed for three days quite lightly. You could be literally bedridden for seven days, bleeding heavily. And there's 101 other iterations of that. So it's one of those where it depends is really truthful as an answer. Yeah, hormonal cycles too. They're they're different between men and women, aren't they? How do how does it kind of differ? They are, again, not an expert in this field, but we... we are kind of governed by estrogen and progesterone as the two core hormones, but also testosterone. Um, And I believe that men also have, um, in addition to testosterone, they also have other hormones that impact their kind of hormonal journeys. But they, they have a much shorter, quicker cycle, and we have this longer, more pronounced cycle. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's the thing, there's, 
there's both a physical and a kind of mental effect of, of the menstrual cycle and, and having a period as well and the impact that it can have on players. Laura, how have you found the impact on yourself kind of as as someone who who plays at a grassroots level? Is it sometimes when you're on your period you think, oh, I really can't be bothered with this or it's different, doesn't have to be during that time, different times of the month. Um, how, how have you found that that impacts you? I think I notice a change in my performance when I'm on my period. And I think the worst thing about that is I don't necessarily always link it with my period to start off with so I'll notice I've had a bad game and I'll go through that game and feel really bad about myself and kind of be like well why haven't I played as well why haven't I been able to make the runs I usually do or why am I feeling more lethargic more tired later on in the game and then you know like you kind of go away from that much hating yourself almost or just being a bit down about it and being like I'm not playing to my best and then you're like oh maybe it's because I'm on my period like you can make that link or your period starts the day the day later and you're like oh right well that might explain my performance yesterday but I think the fact that especially at grassroots level those those connections just aren't being made and they're not kind of in the psyche of any trainers they're not in the psyche of the team and I think that's quite tough sometimes to deal with because it's not really an excuse no one takes that as an excuse but really that is very valid. I don't think it's just at grassroots level that, that, that they're having an issue with this. So Nikita Paris came out in an interview in 2022 and said that we've been tracking our menstrual cycles as an England team for two years now. Before then, I probably wouldn't have aligned what was going through during menstruation to some of the problems or challenges I was having during sessions or just general fatigue and tiredness. But tracking has helped me understand why I felt how I felt and how to adapt my training to suit that. We work with an expert who gives us tips on what's best to eat, drink and how to exercise. Some clubs as well are introducing smoothies to be drunk at different times during the cycle to account for what the body needs during this time. It's really interesting seeing the different ways that kind of clubs um, are looking into this and especially in the run up to this World Cup specifically. There's lots of work being done by the um, US national team, also the French national team to try to try and mitigate the issues there. There are also some... um, some national teams that are going to kind of really extreme lengths so there are some national teams um i read this in a guardian article earlier on today so definitely check that out afterwards um that some federations are offering specific tablets for um for players to take so they don't have to be on their period during the world cup if they don't want to be but some see this as kind of like an extreme length to take to to be able to realistically because it's it's not sustainable you can't do that obviously all year round but laura how have you found that you're kind of um you're dealing with this at a grassroots level are you are you trying to change what what you're eating getting more greens in at different at different times um or is it just is it just something that you can be aware of um yeah I think I think I'd want to know more I feel like I don't have that education and maybe that's a case of I need to go away and do that research myself but I think I know where I am in my cycle because you have these kind of period tracking apps that most people use that menstruate now Um, I know where I am, but I don't know what that necessarily correlates with. And I don't think that awareness is particularly around. Like, I I don't know. I know that I'm feeling tired, but I don't know what it would be exactly that I need to do to stop that. Or I don't know how I could change my performance. Please do. I I can help. I can help here. I can help here. There is a fantastic everyone must read book out by the Well HQ called the Female Body Bible book. And it is exactly what everyone male female particularly coaches um and anyone who um 
is female needs to read because it's it's that learning it's that understanding your own body and understanding how it relate you relate to that periodic cycle that is the menstrual cycle when to train because there's certain weeks where you really should not be doing strength training you could cause your you could increase the chances of injury if you're doing the wrong training at the wrong time for you for example and other times where you should be doing high intensity cardio so all of that is really important and um, this is all now laid out in a fantastic book that i'm going to tell you to read <laughs> i'm i'm not i'm not kind of related but you know <laughs> you plug in everyone I'm, I'm to read not, I'm not yeah, no, you, you found that it's been a good resource. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I think at the grassroots level as well, it's a question of facilities because my kids play football, I've got boys, but even if you're playing at a ground which has got good toilet facilities, during training sessions, they're not always open. Sometimes there aren't any toilets whatsoever or sometimes there might just be a kind of standalone kind of Euroloo sort of thing that you're trying to kind of change a tampon in, which isn't great. So for particularly young girls who are just sort of starting to deal with all that, I think just the basic facilities can be really challenging sometimes because you're thinking, well, actually, the boys are just weighing in a bush, but actually, I can't just do that. I really need a proper toilet. And I think because a lot of this is kind of traditionally being geared towards boys and men playing, obviously, it's not something they think about. And those facilities just really haven't caught up. And that thought process of thinking what women and young girls will need also just really hasn't fully caught up yet. Obviously, in some places it has, but not at all the grassroots. It's so true. And and until we get those basics right, it's going to be increasingly difficult to nurture and maximise the participation for the women and girls mm. that, that we need. And it's been documented at a high level as well as grassroots level that basic facilities totally impact the participation of women and girls, which is, you know, why we've been really fighting this corner um, very hard um, to ensure that, okay, if facilities are um, lacking, shall we say, because as you say, sometimes there is a toilet, sometimes there isn't, sometimes there's a bin, sometimes there isn't, sometimes the bin is disgusting and you don't want to go anywhere near it, which all feed into the the girl not feeling comfortable to change so they they don't change and then because they should have changed they then leak through and then it's mortifying and they don't want to go back and there's countless examples of that type of thing so you know hence we are on a, a, a crazy mission at the moment to really prevent periods being a barrier to entry and a barrier to participation for women and girls in sports by just taking care it's an easy fix take care provide free period products um, and provide fab little bags which is uh, my solution to the disposal of these um, products because that then totally takes away that exact example that you just cited and provides a confident, welcoming environment for women and girls. And it means they don't have to miss their training. They don't have to miss <clears throat> their match because they're worried that they came on on the way and yeah. they don't know that nothing's going to be there. If they had our coach, if all the coaches have a coach's bag full of period products and fab little bags, they know that they can carry on to training and still and just go to the bag, take what they need and perform. You know, yeah. it shouldn't be an issue. This is exactly why we're, we're actually, it's kind of fortuitous uh, timing. We're launching today our Period Positive Club logo. 
do, do, do. <laughs> um, and this is really important because it's a statement. It's it's a practical change, but it's also a statement of intent. Absolutely. And and I feel like it's really important that women, girls, their mums, their grandmas coming to watch, everyone knows that this club is providing the basics for girls to feel welcomed. So, you know, we are on a mission that every coach in the land has a coach's bag full of period products, fab little bags. Every every sports club with a building, um, they provide free period products too. And I think that's the thing as well. There's so much already about football that tells girls it's not for them. So just little signs like that, just kind of say, actually, this is for you. You're welcome. This is your place too, as opposed to the kind of traditional messages of like, well, mm, you can play if you want, but you need to sort of get picked for the team and actually sort of you're probably on the sidelines for a bit. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, or if it's normalised that that men are talking, or people who don't have periods are talking about periods as well it just normalizes it and makes it more comfortable for everyone I even find it very like even as an adult I even find it very affirming when I go and try and cover games at different stadiums and there are period products in the bathrooms and that is such a small such a small step no at the just off the top of my head the academy ground and at Brentford they're both fantastic like and I think the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as well. They they provide fantastic facilities, and it's just like it doesn't take that much, it's and it's a yeah, it's, it's it's not it's not expensive. This is and what so, I mean. It's yeah. an easy it's, fix. It's, it's, you know, it's not expensive. The but. thing is, we need to get this mindset change around looking at period products differently from soap and toilet roll. Yeah. We don't have committee meetings deciding whether clubs are going to invest, in quotes, in toilet roll. It's a given as a necessity for an existence of a venue. Well, so they're both doing the same thing. They're both providing a solution for bodily functions. Another physical effect is that the menstrual cycle has been linked to a risk of increased injuries for players at different stages in their cycle. A big one of that is surrounding ACL injuries. Jordan Nobbs missed the last World Cup due to an ACL injury and she spoke quite openly about how she believed that there was a link to that injury and the fact that she was on her period when it occurred. Um, Catherine, does there need to be deeper research in in this area and how can we look to, to kind of move towards that? Yes, massively. I mean, if you look like Beth Mead's been out on ACL injury, how many players, there's about three or four out at the minute, are going to miss out on the World Cup because of ACL injuries? Like, it's crazy. And if it was the men's game, there would be so much research. It would just be like, well, you don't do that because we've done the research. So it's, frankly, it's terrible that there isn't the research already because it's not fair. First of all, it's not fair from a career point of view for these women who are missing out on major events. Like Beth Mead's in the form of her life and she's going to miss out on her opportunity on the world stage. That doesn't come around that often. You miss out on that. There's a chance you never get that back again. So you're missing out on career opportunities. And also it's physical harm that could be avoided. And actually you need professional trainers who are looking at this, who are looking at the whole thing holistically, at looking at hormone levels, looking at nutrition, looking at food. I used to do a lot of sport years ago. I used to do lots of triathlons. And actually, the first step is to realising that it's not just about how much you're training. It's about everything that you're eating. It's about your sleep. It's about everything going on. And to think that you've got professionals in this country playing on an international stage who haven't got that research to support them, mm-hmm. it's... It's insane, especially when you look at all the money in the men's game and just go, well, hang on, this is a total non-starter. If this was the men's game, this would have been sorted. So for the women, like I say, to not only miss out on these opportunities to also, but also to have this physical 
injuries it's a terrible thing and I just think it could so easily be solved and I think it's really interesting you said there about the kind of looking at it overarching at the different kind of aspects that go into it periods nutrition I think we need to look at it through kind of a nuanced lens because there are other factors for players boots and equipment for example there's a huge drive at the moment about about a different type of different type of boot a couple of them uh, a couple of players are wearing them um in the world cup um we had ella toon come out recently talking about how she's not going to wear them but that's because her boots are specifically modified to her feet um but it's it's for it's not just the players like women's players have to then access men's equipment it's now there is specialized equipment and there's a market for it as well um when things are advertised properly we can't just all put it down to periods um because i think then we kind of like lean into maybe dangerous stereotypes of like well should women be playing football and then that's just ridiculous because we're not getting into that but it's but it's important to look at kind of it as as a whole it's not that it's um something terrible it's Mm -hmm. that something it's something that is Um, has a lack of understanding and a lack of knowledge and all we need to do is increase that awareness with men as well as women actually there's times in your period obviously there's times when running feels like for me feels quite uncomfortable if you're on your period or whatever and you feel heavier and sluggish but there's also times when you feel great so actually it's not just a downside you can actually look at someone's cycle and go well actually you know what this person's in a great place and this is when I'm going to perform to my best as well And I think with the equipment thing, it's important because going down the grassroots, if girls are playing in boots that have been designed for boys and they're hurting their feet and they're not comfortable and they're not quite feeling right, again, it just puts girls off and again tells girls, well, you can play, but you've got to fit into boys' shoes, like literally. It's starting, though, on a positive, yeah. like yeah. to bringing, bringing it up a bit more positively because there's a lot of negative out there, <laughs> yeah. which is justified. But it is starting. There's like Ida Sports, I think, she, you know, they're doing their... Um, boots that are specifically for uh, women's feet which are like different on the whole from from men's feet obviously the perfect one is to get your own you know molded (laughs) mold yeah ella tune tune it but but we can't all do that and we've got like other companies in different sports like lacuna sports that are doing um cricket gear that is designed to fit the female form rather than just trying to fit teenage girls with all their curves into boys kits you know so it is starting to happen a long way to go but it's starting I think also like that the kind of like research is going to take a while we're kind of decades behind men at the moment and research into menstrual cycles and the kind of fact that we're saying at the moment well it could be boots it could be overloading it could be that they've not had a summer off since covid and it could be like menstrual cycles we don't know. And I think that's the problem. I think the research has to go into all of these areas and none of these areas are researched to the extent they are in the men's game. And if you're looking at loading, that's going to take years of research to catch up. So, yes, it's really sad at the moment that we're kind of seeing an amazing generation of talent potentially lose out on these tournaments. But it's going to take till maybe the next generation to actually get these solutions just because of where the research has been on the women's game, which is a sad reality. But it doesn't mean that that research isn't happening. Then there's also the mental effect that periods can have on players. We we spoke briefly before about leakage, so we're going to talk about that more in depth here. We've seen a focus in the media recently about clubs taking steps to change shorts colours from all white to coloured shorts. 
the Lionesses have seen that move this tournament. You saw clubs like Manchester City, who introduced a lovely shade of maroon shorts. They were actually really nice um, to take a move away from their white shorts for their women's team. It looked really smart with the trim. Anyway, um, but this was in- introduced to reduce leakage anxiety, something I know that I personally have experienced when playing sports before, when you're worried about bleeding through your shorts during your period. We're seeing more products be introduced to the market now as well. Period pants, we've got cups, tampons, different types of pads, etc. But it's still a worry. So tell us, how do your products release period anxiety? I know it's a huge question, but yeah. Well, we focus, Fab Little Bag is, is all about the afters. It's about the disposal bit, which in and of itself causes a lot of anxiety um, in different circumstances. If we put it into a sporting context, you're in a a situation, um, as already described, where there may not be a toilet, there may not be a bin, the bin might be disgusting, you really need to get rid of this dripping tampon somewhere. Mm. And, you know, you're left to do, ideally, the loo roll wrap and wrap it and loads and loads of toilet roll and and kind of put it in the bin or leave it on the floor or you know heaven forbid please don't flush it because that's the other mission of fab little bag is to educate and convert all those flushes out there of which there are millions um not to flush because not only does it cause blockages in the toilet and the sewers but it ends up in the rivers and the oceans polluting the beaches it's in huge numbers so that our mission is to help to change that flushing habit but also to take away that awkwardness that anxiety that stress when it comes to doing the right thing and disposing and making that a really simple easy discreet hygienic in control confident enhancing feeling so and that's what fab little bag does because it it allows you to dispose wherever you are i had someone i mean this is not football but it was kind of funny uh, come up to me at a football conference there we go there's the context so um and um she was actually a golfer and she came up to me and said oh martha you'll be really proud of me i fabbed behind a tree because she was out on this huge golf course nowhere near any toilets and just totally needed to change and you know she could <laughs> nip behind a tree and with fab little bag get rid of um the used one and and sort herself out so it's around it's all about taking away that anxiety that stress that not changing because there's nowhere to put it and therefore risking increased risk of leakage 62 percent of women and girls fear leakage in sports already you know it's a it's a genuine fear when they're going out to play when they're on their period so anything we can do to take away and minimize that that kind of anxiety and stress is a good thing so fab little bags role is all about reducing the stress of disposal and and bringing confidence into that area there are as you already mentioned lots of changes of of um products and options out there which is all fantastic the more choice people have the better it is and people often for example double up so they'd wear their usual disposable either a pad or a tampon but they'd also wear the period knickers Mm -hmm. to get again it's all about confidence the chances are they might not need it but it gives you that confidence and and that that's really again education 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 we need to educate young girls all these options are out there you need to experiment a little bit you know get some help from your mom your sister your best friend um 
and talk about it and try different things, see what happens for you, because confidence is everything. And I think schools need to help as well. Like when we were at school, we had really tight green shorts for PE and there was no negotiation around that and even without leakage you were still kind of worried particularly when you sort of first come on your period you're not used to all the product just even the fact that if you had sanitary they were quite visible just because the shorts were so short and it was kind of like well even if nothing's going on that shouldn't be going on it's still kind of just really makes you really self-conscious and I just think again it's such an easy thing to just change the shorts or give people a skirt if they want a skirt or just give people options and then you haven't got that anxiety that then comes from sport. And then you've got little girls who like playing sport going, actually, there is no reason for me to stop. I will keep playing. And then you keep playing through and then everything just continues and gets better, really. I really liked you mentioning control there. I hadn't thought of that before. And it, and it is, it's re- it's really important to have that kind of level of, of autonomy and being able to deal with it yourself, especially when you're going through puberty and you feel quite out control of out of control of your, your own body and then kind of things that are, that are going on to have the different options and be able to kind of have agency over your own body in that sense is really, is really, really important. Yeah. Laura, how do you kind of uh, mitigate this now when you're playing if you're if you're going away with with uni playing playing football do it doing things like that what's what 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 do you think um yeah I'm lucky enough that I've never had to wear like the white shorts um I think that is a real big problem and I do love seeing the kind of um better colored shorts come in um I think yeah I obviously take a range of products and you kind of have to I think there's often there's been times where you'll kind of wear a, a pad as a precaution or you kind of have those moments where you're like, oh, I'm maybe about to start. And like, even that's far from ideal. And I think almost like, it's great that we can start having these conversations of, okay, let's, what can we wear? What's going to make it better? Can we have these like period pants that will help us because I don't necessarily want to wear a pad. But it's also like, let's remove the stigma further than that. And let's say like, even if you do leak, let's be in an environment where your teammate can just go oh, I think you've started your period or I think you might need to change your pad and that's not the end of the world but let's create an environment where like this is a completely normal bodily function for women and yet we're still talking about how horrifying it is for children to leak a little bit and like yeah obviously it's not the ideal circumstance but if we can have a society that's more willing to talk about it and more willing to normalize that for women and for people who menstruate then I think that's going to be better all round to have that conversation and for it to not be this horrific thing if you do leak a little bit. It's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, we were used to, we're conditioned to watch like war films or loads of films on TV with blood, guts, gore everywhere. It's fine. The second there's some red menstrual blood, everyone's having a freak out. And we do, you're absolutely right, Laura. We need to get to that place where... It's not um, felt and reacted to like some kind of um, awful, terrible thing. Um, and it's at the end of the day, you know, on the rugby pitch or whatever, you've got a nosebleed. There's there's blood, right? Um, on the football pitch, you get a header injury, it's blood. But no one's having that reaction that if a woman was wearing white shorts on on the on the field and she leaked, it would be you know frontline headline news. And we got to move past that and not just on the white shorts thing i mean seriously if if men had periods they no one would be ever wearing white shorts full stop period yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's really important that it's not just kind of seen as a as an issue for 
for only for people who have periods like it's it's something that everyone should be educated about we we spoke at the start of this podcast that we literally said what is a period because this is this this is education for everyone everyone should be talking about this we should know it shouldn't be seen as like this weird dirty subject that everyone kind of knows about but no one is like happy or we we don't feel confident enough like in the wider media to talk about i think it comes to parents as well i've got three boys and they all know what periods are, they know what tampons are, because it's kind of like, well, that's what it is. So if any girl ever needs one, just give them one. And they're kind of, at first they're a bit like, oh, what's that? Is it a sweet? And you're like, no, <laughs> it's a tampon, it's fine. You explain it. But then they just lose interest and go, all right, okay, fine, whatever. And that's kind of what you want. You want boys to just go, oh, do you want me to go and get you a different standard? You don't want it to be like, oh, she asked me to get this and awkward. You just want it to be like, oh, okay, same thing. Like you say, he's got a nosebleed, we got him some tissue, she needed a sanitary towel, so we got her a sanitary towel. You just want it to be that level of kind of boringness really yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, i mean yeah, just wanted yeah, to be like non-event really yeah 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 yeah, yeah. monotonous yeah yeah. yeah yeah and and that anxiety is it, it's nice that you spoke about your boys there because we're going on to speak about young people the anxiety surrounding periods can lead to a dropout rate in sport for young girls great manchester's moving reports that 64 percent of girls will have quit sports by the age of finishing puberty around 16 17 so to find out more, I caught up with Hayley Wood Thompson, who is the winner of the 2022 Football versus Homophobia's Hero Award and a deputy head teacher to get all of the insight into school sports. It has such an impact. Um, obviously, teaching P lessons every day, um, I see it at the start of lineup. The, the students come and line up and if they've got an issue, they they sort of wait and show us a note. And um you know, there won't. There's a, not a day that goes by that we don't receive a note from somebody saying they can't participate today because they're on their period, um, and that obviously makes things really difficult. I can understand when it's swimming, for example, um, but for normal team game activities, um, I find it quite difficult to argue with them. You know, why are you sitting out of the PE lesson today just because you're on your period? You know, we don't not come to work on the day that that we have our periods we just sort of have to get on with it and we understand that there's issues and you might feel in pain or you might feel that you can't give as much today because you're lacking on energy and that's all okay but you know coming prepared and willing to take part is what's important uh, and I think a lot of the students just see it as a get out of jail free card. So how do you kind of attempt to mitigate that that issue um, as as a teacher? And um, to be honest it's all about relationships so um you know, the better the relationships you have with the students, the easier these conversations are. Um, it's still awkward. It's still quite taboo. You know, they, they, these girls will not have this conversation with, um, you know, a male member of staff. They probably just wouldn't feel comfortable enough to do that. Um, they do have these conversations with me and it is more about reassuring them that it's okay and that just because that's happening to our bodies, it's not a reason for us to not do something unless we, you know, really are in too much pain to to be able to do that. And just understanding that it's okay to not feel like you can give your best on the days that you are on your period. Do you have any guidance for coaches or parents or the players themselves experiencing periods and how to stay engaged with sport, even even when there's kind of the pushback from it? I think it's important to have the conversations with the, if you're playing in a, in a, a team, have the conversation with the manager and your teammates and, and there should be an understanding that, you know, on the days that you're on your period, that you're not going to be able to give as much or you may underperform and sort of make them aware of that. You know, we we never spoke about it at all 
and it's important that we start to have these conversations because it is something that impacts us on a, on a daily basis and it will affect teams. And I know that, you know, on our national football teams now are having these conversations and they are being tracked and monitored to, to sort of understand how it does affect their performance on the days that they are on or on certain days within that month as well. Um, but like I said, it, it's about having that understanding and having that open communication channel uh, between the players or the students and the staff um so that it's all you know it's out there it's in it's in the world and it's something that we can understand well, i think that stat of 64% comes from sport england's research and um that that isn't entirely down to periods mm. in and of itself it's down to all the kind of drama and trauma of um being a teenager and body image and what your friends are doing and not wanting to wash your hair and yeah. like you know having hairy legs I mean just literally just almost anything but periods does contribute significantly to that uh, dropout rate and I feel like again the more normal we make the conversation the more normal we make the products and this is where the availability of products like people see it as this luxury extra that need that is there it is so not a luxury it is so not an extra it needs to be just a normal provision that in and of itself normalizes periods if you if everywhere you go you just see period products there it's normal and that's where we need to get to and I think even before dropout rates, to be honest, for me, it's not even about the dropout rate. It's about the take-up rate in the first place. Like, I'm a children's author and I've got a book out now, Sammy Stryker and the Football Cup, about a little girl who plays football. There's no books about little girls playing sport. There's, like, hardly any. And I kind of, when I started looking into it, I was like, oh, there must be more than that. I must have just not come across them. Then you start looking and you're like, there really aren't. And it was a real battle to try and get a book about football they're like, oh, well, you know, particularly girls, they don't really know about football. They don't really, they're not aware of it yet. And I'm like, yeah, but children aren't aware of saving the planet. So we write books about it to encourage them to do that and to teach them about that. And I think it's all the way through. It's not just the dropout rates. It's the pickup rates in the first place. Sport England, I think, say that about 70% of kids don't do the recommended amount of exercise of girls and boys. And particularly the girls, it's always a higher rate of non-participation with girls. So I think we need to normalise girls doing sport in the first place get all girls thinking sports for them. And then I think that naturally will reduce the dropout rate because if you've got all of your friends doing it and if everyone is getting a bit sweaty, as you get older and people start having periods and start going, well, oh, we look a bit, we don't look as pretty as we do when we're playing football because we're really sweaty and we're panting and our makeup's all down our face if you've even bothered to put it on. And you just, like you say, you normalise it, you keep people going, but it comes from the beginning. You've got to start with kids young. You've got to tell them sports for them. Like I say, that's why we've got the book Sammy Stryker, to teach little girls that football is for them. Mm -hmm. And then you keep it going. And then you need those rule models like the Lionesses. Because until the Lionesses came along, like there really weren't very many. You've got the odd kind of female tennis player and that kind of thing, but there's not really been very many kind of British rule models for girls. Like after the Lionesses, both of my nieces started playing football amazing both of them started playing and one of them was already quite sporty and like running and kind of liked a lot of sport the other really wasn't and it just takes that kind of role model and that again will help girls go well hang on they've got periods they can still do it so there is a way of making it work 
that whole you've got to see it to be it. So you have, and it's really it. powerful. And it's not until you see it that you realise how much you haven't seen it. Like on the news every night, you have football news about transfers and certain players retiring the men's field. I'm like, well, why not make it that for every man's sport story on the news, that has to be a story about women's sports? It doesn't have to be football. It could be any sport, you know what I mean? Just even it up and make... Make girls see that sport is just as again, much for them. It's that whole you got to see it to be it. Again, I think this is changing, um, you know, and, and we've got a huge amount of catching up to do. But I also think that as well as this huge gap we have to close, I'm hoping that we actually close it really quickly, um, relatively, so in, in a few years' time. Because if you look at the attendance figures for, you know, I was at the Arsenal Wolfsburg game. It was sensational, absolutely sensational, packed, atmospheric, cracking game of football. Sadly, we lost, but, um, (laughs) you know, um, I'm still getting over that. But, yeah, no, the point is that, you know, look at cricket, look at rugby, look at football as the core big sports. They're all really just packing in women's supporters. Newcastle United as well, like I'm... Proud Geordie. I think they're one of the first clubs to actually put their women's team on the same footing as the men's team in the football shop even and have the pictures on the ball. And it's kind of like, yes, why are the pictures not on the wall? Just kind of making it even, isn't it? Just that everyone sees everyone as being the same, basically. Yeah, yeah. There's, 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 definitely, there's definitely a change in trends. I think the, the, the thing that kind of sticks out to me um, is the BBC's coverage of the January transfer window and the, the, like, the countdown to the closure of the January transfer window. And a lot of their coverage was dominated. Um, I can't remember the two players on the men's side, but it was it was two men's players and Alessia Russo. And it didn't and it didn't feel like tokenism. It like it just yeah. like there was as much excitement about whether she was going to move to Arsenal at that point in time or or not. And I think that's it's that's that level of integration is what's really important. Going back to talking about books, I'm going to show my age here for people for people listening because <laughs> I read um, I remember reading the Jamie Johnson books um, when I was about six or seven Laura's nodding on zoom you she gets it she gets it they're so good I actually ended up being an extra in the tv show of it as well because in my final year at uni they came claim to fame yeah it's in one of the final episodes you'll you'll see me cheering in the crowd because we were up at York City it was when I was still at university um but it's like getting a getting a girl's version of that or even just something that's accessible for both for both boys and girls to read as well it doesn't have to be that only girls can be inspired by women's footballers and all that's Sort of all that spiel we've said that a thousand times but yeah no so it's it's really exciting that you have that you have that book there coming out so thank you sammy striker out now <laughs> well it is i do a lot of work in schools and actually the pfa were lovely actually i spoke to the kind of head of diversity for the pfa and they were really supportive but the kind of hands are a little bit tied with things but they were saying actually just your point about it's not just a book for girls it's a book for boys too yeah, because exactly. boys all need also need to see it but yeah i do lots of work in schools if everyone's school visits katherineemmett.co.uk come and find me but yeah sammy striker it's in the reading it's in the summer reading challenge as well this year which is Great. lovely which is all based around sport so it's all about books all this summer books in lots of libraries all focused around all different types of sports for all different ages kids from picture books all the way up to kind of young adults as well so hopefully the future is bright and the future is sporty yeah yeah, definitely just to just to jump to kind of the last talking point we're going to do here before we close off we wanted to talk um briefly about endometriosis um and the effect of endometriosis in sport as well so for people listening if you're unsure what it is because there there's not lots of stuff out online about endometriosis it's the name given to the condition where cells similar to the ones in the lining of the womb the uterus are found elsewhere in the body now each month the 
these cells react in the same way as those in the womb, building up and then breaking down and bleeding. But unlike the cells in the womb that leave the body as a period, as we were speaking about before, this blood has no way to escape. According to Endometriosis UK, around 1.5 million people who have periods in the UK are currently living with the condition. So, and that's regardless of race or ethnicity. Endometriosis can affect you from puberty to menopause, um, although the impact may be felt for life. We've seen a number of high profile um, players talking about their experiences with endometriosis. Most notably, probably England captain Leah Williamson spoke about how a flare up nearly prevented her from playing in the Euros last summer. So it's a really big deal. How important is it that we carry on this conversation across the game and kind of improve research in this area? It, it's um, I'm actually an endo-friendly uh, employer because one of my um, employees suffers with endometriosis, and honestly, it's uh, until until a few years ago I was ignorant about the existence of it, and since then. It's really shocked me how such an extremely horrific and painful and life-changing disease can have so little research and have so little attention and take an average of seven years to be diagnosed successfully by the medical profession. GPs just wafting people away saying, oh, take a couple of paracetamols, periods are painful, get over it. Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on there? That that has that education needs to be also in the medical field. Um, I understand that GP, I'm not having a go at all GPs here. They are general practitioners. They are not experts. But, you know, if, if you're affected by super painful periods, do get yourself checked out. Do not take no for an answer. Insist on a referral. That is your right. And you need to do that if you're having super painful or excessive bleeding because that is not normal. Mm. Periods vary from woman to woman, absolutely. But being bedridden and unable to move is not normal and it's not okay. And it's very serious for anyone who has it. In the Chelsea DAZN documentary, Beth England spoke very extensively about um, her kind of battle with um, endometriosis and how Chelsea as a football club was helping to mitigate that and and allowing her to kind of like load reduce and play more at at, at different times when she was particularly struggling um I think it's really interesting definitely go away uh, and watch it if you're if you're listening and if you haven't seen it already and that was back in 20 that was recorded back in 2019 as well before like pre-pandemic so it would be really interesting to see kind of the change now because the the growth and the change in the research on on this specific issue has changed like very rapidly in the last couple of years I mean I think that's it in terms of endometriosis it's something kind of they hear bandied around but like I say I think the thing that I have always heard associated with it is exactly what you said the time it takes to get diagnosed and it's people going back and back and back to doctors and saying well actually and there's kind of almost an expectation like I've got three kids you kind of get this as well with kids like there's sort of an expectation that if you're in pain as a woman it's sort of to be expected and that's just kind of par for the course really Whereas actually, why? If it was a man who was going in seeing was in pain, they'd be like, okay, we'll fix it for you or at least find out what it is and see what we can do. But yeah, I think it's just that time to diagnosis. And like you say, it's just, it impacts your life so completely. Brilliant. And that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much to our guests for coming on. I'm going to swing round and ask you to talk a little bit more about your product. So Martha from Fab Little Bag, give me a plug where can people find you on social media 
talk to me about Fab Little Bag. It's an awesome thing. Thank you. Um, Fab Little Bag is simply a disposal bag which is sustainably sourced um, for the disposal of uh, tampons and pads. I'm going to give you a little demo for the people here. Um, You simply take your Fab Little Bag, pop your tampon, roll up your pad, put it in, peel off the strip and push together and it's completely sealed didn't do that very elegantly but it's completely sealed it's it's there for the handbag smuggle if you have to do it (laughs) so where there's no bin or the bin's horrible and you do have to do the handbag smuggle which we've all done at more than one occasion um then it's there to uh, make that much more stress-free and um so so that's what fab little bag is how how it's relevant it's relevant obviously all over in life but with sport it's really about that confidence that it brings to that bit of the process Mm -hmm. where you're not sure what's going to greet you in the facilities room there's plenty of sanitary bins in larger environments but often they don't open they're disgusting because they get like that um or that they're full and overflowing and you don't want to deal you don't want to engage with it so again it allows you wherever you are whether it's grassroots or in a nice posh stadium where the sanitary bin simply isn't working it allows you to do the right thing i.e not flush it um and put it in the bin but it allows you to do that with a feeling of control and good hygiene and cleanliness and discretion so that you're owning that process and doing it in a great way um what I'm really focused on in sports is our coaches bag so this is our coaches bag our mission is that every single coach in the land regardless of sport has a fab little bag coaches bag Mm -hmm. full of period products and a big pack of fab little bags so that so I call it the 10 seconds of um like 10 seconds of awkwardness so imagine you're you're the male coach and you you've got 14 year old girls that you're coaching Mm -hmm. So you rock up with your bag and you're like, all right, girls, this is the new period bag. It's got tampons and pads in it. It's got these disposal bags in it just in case you need those. It's always going to be full. It's always going to be here. Don't have to ask me. Just help yourself. In that 10 seconds, let's call him Gary. (laughs) Gary's feeling really awkward because he said out loud the words tampons and pads to an audience of 14-year-old girls. The 14-year-old girls are cringing because Gary suddenly is telling them about periods and mentioning (laughs) words. So everyone's feeling awkward. But the minute he puts that bag down and moves on, it's changed. He's hopefully felt empowered and enlightened that he knows what's like he's contributed in a good way, they now know that next time they are on their way to training um, or they're really heavy and they just needed an extra pad or whatever, they can just go and help themselves and sort themselves out control, Mm -hmm. confidence again. So it's a complete game changer. And yet, how easy is it to fix? There you go. You know, so that that's our mission for for sport. Perfect. What's your? Do you have a a social media handle, or where can yeah, people buy? Yeah, at Fab Little Bag. Um, our website is fablittlebag.com, and you can access the sports site from there, or you can fablittlebag.com forward slash sports club. 
Perfect. Thank you so much. And Catherine, Catherine Emmett, tell us about your book. Where can people find it? <laughs> uh, so Sammy Stryker and the Football Cup is a picture book fully illustrated by the brilliant Joe Berger, who has got really bright, exciting, energetic illustrations. It's for children aged anywhere from kind of two or three up to seven. And it is available in some of the supermarkets in Asda, in Asda Sainsbury's, WH Smith's, Waterstones on Amazon as well, if it's easier. And it's about a little girl called Sammy Stryker who loves football. And then one day in the park, she gets scouted for the national football team, the under eights team. But when she gets on the bigger stage, her shots go a bit wonky. And it's all about whether Sammy can understand that actually it's what makes her different is going to help her succeed. So, yeah, it's just a story about being confident. It's about friendship. It's about football. It's about getting involved. And it's about little girls learning that football is for them. And it's out now in time for the Women's World Cup. And if anyone, I do lots of school visits. If you'd like me in your school talking about what can make your children different and help them succeed, um, all my information is on www.catherineemmett.co.uk. And all my Twitter and Instagram handles are on there too. Awesome. Thank you. And Laura, Laura Howard, tell us where we can find your stuff. Give me your Twitter handle. Plug everything that you've got. Yeah. So Twitter's at Laura underscore HWD. Um, sadly, don't have as many as exciting projects as these, but anything women's football content will be on the, the Twitter. Yeah. You write for Since 71, don't you? I do. Yeah, I do a bit of writing for Since 71, a bit for Her Football Hub. So find me on there as well can't wait to see what you put out during the world cup that is all for us today from the women's football podcast as always you can check us out on twitter at twfp1 or at the women's football podcast on instagram my name is chess warren thank you so much for listening in today i hope you got something from this podcast we will see you again for our world cup preview very very soon